Hello and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We're your hosts, Michaela and Kate. Hey, everybody. This is episode 29. It's been a minute since we've been able to record. Yeah. Between having the sniffles, which, yeah. you know, that might be. There was a lot of tissue. There was a lot of tissue. A lot of tissue. Um, and then with getting some flooring delivered and that oh, being yeah. a whole adventure. That was a it kind of postponed and pushed back when we were able to record. So yeah. thank you for hanging with us. Yeah, we love your patience. Thank you so much. We have so much to report on, though, because it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's been like two minutes at this so point. So you guys, we're going to just go ahead and dive into <laughs> yes. the Showdown Lowdown coming up next. It is time for the Showdown Lowdown. Showdown Lowdown. All right. It is our Pacific Northwest sports news and updates, what's going on around the professional Seattle sports teams. Yep. And Kate is going to kick us off with the Seattle Seawolves. That's right. The Seawolves. I love the Seawolves. Well, the Seawolves played against the Austin Gilgronies on May 1st with the match ending in a score of 17 to 6 and the Gilgronies taking the win, which was not my favorite outcome, but it's what happened. <laughs> The Gilgronies are currently the best team in the Western Conference with 10 wins and just two losses. That's impressive. Like, I know. We, you got to give them credit. Like I know. They the Seawolves really... put up their best. Yeah. And it's against a really, really good team. Yeah. I, I mean, that new the new ownership, I think, is kind of making a difference over there. But anyway, the Seawolves currently hold a record of 6-6. Six and six. They're fourth place in the Western Conference. They are two points behind the San Diego Legion to slide back into third in order to qualify for the playoffs. So... The Seawolves only have four matches left before the regular season ends. Um, one of them is tomorrow on Mother's Day yes. um, down in Tukwila at Starfire. Um, and then they'll have one more home game there. I think it's like the 23rd or something. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, the next four matches are really imperative for the Seawolves to win as they battle for that last playoff spot with the Legion and the Houston Sabercats. Um so, you know, we're excited about how they're, how they're going to be doing. And we, you know, we just totally wish them the best. Yeah. Looking forward to Sunday. Looking forward to 100%. Sunday's match. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we can uh, see Rocky there. Or oh my gosh. That would make my life. Right. I just love him so much. All right. Well, good luck to the Seawolves yes, heading indeed. over to the OL Reign. Yeah. So the OL Reign has just played the Washington Spirit on Sunday, April 24th, for their opening match of the regular season. Mm -hmm. And this match was their first loss since the preseason with an outcome of 2-1, to one, um, with the Washington Spirit obviously coming out on yeah. top there. So it was interesting because they're also, they were also participating in the NWSL Challenge Cup. So yeah. it wasn't long before the OL Reign had to face the Washington Spirit again. And that was their headed to the playoffs. They were set to play them again on May 4th. And... You know, so here's the deal. The OL Reign were meant to have home field advantage for that game against the Washington Spirit mm -hmm. on May 4th. But because Lumen was already being used by the Sounders for the CONCACAF Championship Final, they then had to play at Washington Spirit's team, which it, it's kind of difficult because obviously we know the outcome and we'll share with you the outcome of the CONCACAF Final yeah. for the Sounders. Yeah. But that made it so it was not a home game for the OL Reign. Mm. So the Reign did lose in a penalty shootout with the Spirit, ending their run towards winning the Challenge Cup. So now that tournament is over for them. They're focusing now on the regular season, and their next regular season match is May 8th, 
Sunday, the Sunday at three o'clock against the racing Louisville. All right. All right. Well, um, that's, that's great. I'm glad to hear it. I hope, I hope all goes well. Um, over to the Kraken. Well, as you know, the Kraken have now played their final game for the inaugural season at climate pledged arena. And the team had its final game of the season. Um, a week ago on Sunday against the Winnipeg Jets, and it came out with a loss of four to three. And while it would have been fun to end on a win, we can reflect on the quote from the Kraken social team. And when they said, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. It's a great quote anyway, but I thought it was a good one for them to end the, end the, the season. season with because yeah. honestly, like it was an awesome, an awesome season. And I know people have their opinions, but I'm going to go with the fact that it's awesome. And, you know, they have, I think the addition of the Kraken in Seattle, you know, it's been great for old hockey fans, new hockey fans. So much um, has come with that new Kraken franchise. And, 100%. I mean, and it, and it, again, technically was a not winning season with a record of 27, 48, six, um, you know, excluding, excluding that match. But um, the Kraken took fans on a journey with ups and downs and, one thing is absolutely certain, you know, the Kraken are a team with a passionately devoted fan base. Um, the match on Friday, the Friday before that was, um, excuse me, against the San Jose Sharks was also like fan appreciation night. And for those of you that were there, I'm sure it was so amazing. There were like some great giveaways and mm -hmm. fans were chosen at random to go on the ice to receive like the jerseys right Which, off the oh players back after I the game. I would have loved experiencing that that's so awesome for it, those the c fam so, that got to experience so cool. that so, yeah there's so some people cool. that we know that yeah participate in the 32 crew yeah and that were down there some and they got to experience got jerseys that. that's so awesome signed by the players and so things cool. and i mean all the fish were yeeted i don't even know <laughs> if that's a word if you can use yeet in past tense but they yeeted all the fish um and the players you know they received awards as well and um jared mccann was voted as the mvp and philip grubauer won the three stars award which you know went to the player who earned the most stars stars honors after the games um yanni gord won two awards with the first being the fan favorite and the guile fielder award for the teammate quote who best exemplifies perseverance hustle and dedication so i know that i'm already ready and excited for hockey to come back next season and so our next steps with the kraken would be the nhl draft which is coming up on July 7th. And, you know, the Kraken have seven picks in this draft. So we'll just kind of have to see how that all shakes out this summer. So we'll keep you updated. We will miss watching the Seattle Kraken. I seriously, will. I love them. The Seattle Mariners have struggled to find their bats during their stretch of away games. They've yeah. come back to their last few home games and they've continued to struggle to find a win. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting though because during the first homestand of the season, the Mariners went seven and two. Yeah, and that was, you know, they were like the electric factory. This is amazing. Yeah, everybody's all in. And then they go on the road, and currently on the road, the Mariners are five and ten. It's a huge difference between yeah. the success they found when they were at home mm -hmm. and the how they struggled when they were away um, down in Florida playing a yeah. handful of games. So here's the deal, though. It is still very early in the season. There's like a bajillion games in baseball. Yes, there are. That's And a bajillion is a term you can find in the dictionary. Yeah. I mean, and if you're a season ticket holder, you know there's a bajillion games. There's a bajillion games. But here's the deal. 
there's a few highlights that we cannot go without mentioning that have happened since our last um, podcast episode. And the first being that I really want to highlight is Julio Rodriguez very first career home run in major league baseball against the Marlins on May 1st. There was absolutely no question that the moment he hit that, that ball, that it was long gone. It went 450 feet. It's a long way. It was just a gorgeous swing. He hit it. He knew exactly what was about to happen. Oh yeah. Again, no question, no doubt. Three runs crossed the plate on that home run blast. He got a three-run blast. Yeah. And so, so here's cool. the cool thing. When players have special moments like that, you know, when it's NFL, it's your first touchdown, you know, football. When it's ba- when it's baseball, it's your first home run mm-hmm. ball. Players want to try to secure those things. Right? Yeah. That's, that's a significant moment in memory for you as a player. Mm-hmm. And so for the young man who got Julio Rodriguez's yeah. baseball – at the end of the game, he was able um, to trade Julio Rodriguez's home run ball for an autographed bat and ball. And, wow. you know, Julio Rodriguez was really sweet mm-hmm. um, through that process. They had filmed it. Yeah. And ultimately, he gifted his home run ball to his dad. Love it. So that Love was it. a special moment for, for J-Rod there. Yeah. And then another... Great thing I want to highlight is starting pitcher Logan Gilbert has been awarded the AL Pitcher of the Month Award. That's awesome. Now hear this. In his first five games he pitched this season, Gilbert has only a .64 ERA. That's pretty amazing. So that's earned run average for those of you who may not be as familiar with those baseball terms. Mm -hmm. And he's been hands down the best pitcher on the mound for the Mariners to this point. Aren't the ERAs for pitchers usually closer to like... 0.4 0.4 no, or 0.3 like or 0.2 or 4.0. So it's usually like because you, if you think about earned run average over the course of their game, their teams could be scoring three runs, four runs off of them. So oh. when it's a 0.64. Oh, so it's a bigger number yes. for pitchers. Usually. You want it to so be as smaller, low as possible. Smaller is better. means that teams aren't Got scoring it. as many runs. Batting, you want it to be higher. Pitching, you want it to be lower. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yep. Because if you're batting, let's say you have a 300 batting average, that means you're hitting three out of every 10 at bats. Yeah. yeah. Um, getting on base. Yeah. So, yes, you want that higher ERA. Okay. Lower. Hashtag learning sports. There we go. So, the Mariners are currently 12 and 15. They are back at home, as I mentioned earlier, and having faced the Tampa Bay Rays the past few nights. And again, they're struggling to break that losing streak that they're on a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. But they do play the Rays again tonight, Saturday, May 7th at 6.40 p.m. And they will finish their short homestand against the Phillies in the upcoming days. There you go. Well, you know, just going next door over to Lumen Field for the Seattle Sounders. Now, the Sounders, Let's go. I mean, can we just talk about the Sounders for a second? Uh, we can talk about them for We can talk about them moment. for several seconds. Yes. Um, But, you know literally a moment because they made MLS history last. um, This is a big fucking deal. Oh, oh yeah. With the explicit warning now. Yeah. Love it. I love it. It's true. It's true. Um, When they, I mean, they won the CONCACAF finals against um, Pumas three to zero at Lumen field and no other team in MLS history had won the CONCACAF champions league title. And now the Seattle Sounders will have a spot in the next FIFA Club World Cup. So 
the match was incredibly physical with Pumas having 22 fouls by the end of the match. It was and insane. Oh so my gosh. Aggressive. And I get it, right? This is the CONCACAF finals. It is a big deal. Mm -hmm. It was very, very physical. Yeah. Yeah. Gal Paulo, he has an ACL tear. He's out for the season. Yep. And yep. granted, it looked like it was more physical in that moment than it was, but it was yeah. it did appear a little bit more non-contact injury, which ACLs can yeah, they very can well be. be. Yeah. So well, and like Nohu, who's so great, had like had to get out with like a like a quad injury, and so there was like just big things in the beginning of the game that kind of made it like what's going to happen. Exactly. So, um, Stephen Fry had two incredible saves in goal, and the goal scorers were Raúl Rudiaz with two goals. And the last goal by Nicholas Lod Lodero. Um, I mean, it was honestly very emotional to watch it all unfold. And it was such a special moment for the Seattle Sounders and the city of Seattle and the fans. And honestly, for the entire MLS. It's a big deal. They were the, I mean, they're the first. I think that said that there was like four other teams who've had the chance yep. to win. And no one ever has. It's always been like a south of the border win. So it's a great, it's a great win for for all of MLS with with that. So, you know, speaking of fans, by the way, for this. Lumen had an attendance of 68,741 people for that final. Incredible. And, you know, in Incredible. true Seattle sports fan fashion, the Sounders fan base created three rave quakes um, during the match, according to the Pacific Northwest Seismic Network. And I'm, you know, can you guess when those quakes were recorded? Um, probably you can. So according to PNSN, um, the shaking from this cheering was about five times the background level. So think of shaking from everyday activities like cars driving and machines humming. And it was five times that the scientists had said. So, you know, overall, a huge congratulations to the Sounders. We look forward to watching you throughout this MLS season and are very much looking forward to seeing you in the FIFA Club World Cup. So go Sounders. Go Sounders. All right. The Seattle Storm. Their first season game took place last night, Friday, May 6th at Climate Pledge Arena. Mm -hmm. It was the their first WNBA regular season game to tip off in the new arena. Yep. And although they had a preseason game there, mm -hmm. this, again, is also a big fucking deal. Yeah. So the first basket was a three-pointer scored by Jewel Lloyd. Loved it. And that's not a surprise because nope. she also got the first basket at Climate Pledge for preseason. Yep. So she's just... She's just earning both of those first. There we go. And, you know, I will say, though, it was a little bit of a slow start for the Storm. They they kind of struggled on their passing mm -hmm. and turning the ball over. Yeah. Um, so initially they were down 16 to 8 at one point. But they ended the first half tied 41 to 41. It was it was a little bit nerve wracking. It was. Yeah. And I was like, is this going to be a true Seattle sports game? Where I we're know. Like, or we're like completely <laughs> like anxious the whole time. Mm hmm. But they did turn it around and dominated. And I mean, dominated the oh, second yes. half. Yes. They came out with a win 97 to 74. It was, um, I mean, it was I wanted amazing. We so were so like badly uh, for them to get 100 points. It was so close. It was so close. So, you know, leading up to this, the Storm did have to make some difficult roster decisions yeah. in the past few days. So they waived Avina Westbrook, Kiki Herbert Harrigan, Kennedy Burke, Reina Perez, Elisa Cunane, Jenna uh, Jacone, and Paisley Harding. Mm. 
So I just want to highlight something really quick with the WNBA. Yeah. It is extremely difficult for women to make a team in the WNBA. Oh, yeah. There are only 12 teams in the league. And once a season begins, only 12 women per team on the roster. That's 144 women who can be in the WNBA as players for the season. So when you think about all the women playing basketball at the collegiate level, which is an estimated about 16,000 women. Mm-hmm. And then you think about the number of those women who graduate each year. Yeah. You're looking at a 1% chance of making it pro. And you have to think about the number of potential roster spots that would be even open to fill mm-hmm. any given season for the WNBA with returning players. Yeah. So it is extremely heartbreaking to know how incredibly talented many of these women are but there just isn't enough teams or roster spots for them to get the opportunity to play at this pro level. It's true. So that being said, go watch the storm play yeah. or whatever other WNBA team that you want to support. Yeah. Because the more that we are watching and supporting women's yep. sports, yep. it helps elevate that there is a market yeah. that there are fans that will show up. And I'll yeah. tell you last night, Fans showed up. It was it, it was, was it was pretty full on the sides. It was. It was just like behind the behind the ends of the, you know, the court, the hoop sides yeah. that were a little more empty, but it was pretty full on the sides. So show up. We saw that there were let's see, Cliff Averill was there, Megan yeah. Rapino, Quinn from the OL Rain. Governor Jay Ensley was there. He was there. The commissioner of the WNBA was there. So Show up to these games. Yes. Seattle sports or other sports teams are coming out and supporting. Yeah. And it's really fun to be in person and watch basketball. It's it's awesome. The announcers are great. The music is great. So you got DJ Trunks there doing the music for the storm now. And um, Shelly Hart's now the in, uh, in arena host for that, which was yeah. really fun last night because she wasn't there for the preseason game. So it was fun to have that addition of her in there too. And so it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, so let's take it over, though, to the Seahawks, our last professional sports team to talk about today. And, you know, Michaela, I don't know if you remember about this because it's been so long, but the draft began like a week ago. And, you know, I just I can't even believe it's been that long. It's, it's, it's actually kind of weird that it's already been a week. It feels kind of strange, right? Yeah. So we had a wonderful time at our draft party that we had hosted at the watershed um, bar and kitchen or pub and kitchen here in Northgate. And, you know, we watched the first round of the draft with friends and CFAM and you know our actual family showed up too so that was kind of cool and um it was overall a really great time and we really appreciate those of you that were able to come out for it so thank you so much for that and you know in my opinion the draft the draft went very very well for the yeah. Seattle Seahawks making nine selections over the course of the seven rounds in the draft mm-hmm. and I'm going to dive more into those picks in the She Talks Hawk segment which will actually include a lot of your mailbag questions this week. So be sure to stay tuned. We will address a handful of your questions in the She Talks Hawk segment because they relate so much to how the draft went, yeah. who we selected, what we see coming up next for the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. And there will still be a mailbag segment for those that might not relate so much <laughs> to the Seattle Seahawks. But stay tuned. Coming up next is the She Talks Hawk segment. It is time for the She Talks Hawk segment. She talks Hawks. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the deal with the Seahawks and the draft and everything like that. Yeah. 
people like to give grades like oh. they're in school like oh, yeah. how they selected sure. what grades do they get for each selection what grade do they get overall mm -hmm. the seahawks get an a plus 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 for me whoop whoop if that's even a thing that's pretty high that's like exceeds expectations. Look, I'm I'm impressed with this draft. They did not reach on anybody. Mm -hmm. They made very like they just made very good decisions in terms yeah. of what what players were available, what their need was, and where they selected them. Some would argue that selecting a running back in round two, where they did, yeah, was not necessary. One hundred percent, it was necessary, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but. Before we dive in here, I do want to brag a little bit. Yeah, do it. In my final mock draft, where I had the Seahawks select Charles Cross, left tackle at number nine overall. Yeah. Guess who the Seahawks selected number nine overall in the draft? Um, Was it Charles Cross? You know what? Yeah. It was. Oh my gosh, what? I was right. <laughs> It's really just luck. It's fine. But honestly, with the Seahawks, it's impressive that anybody is right ever because you never really know what they're going to do. That's and that's very true. Like, yeah, 100 percent true. I was genuinely shocked that Trayvon Walker was the number one overall pick by the mm. Jags. I really, really thought it would be Aiden Hutchinson. Mm. And it did. I thought that that pick alone, number one overall, would drastically change the course of this entire draft. And we may never know if it really did. Sure. But it, it did change the picks for some of the people in the first, you know, I would say probably five picks. Yeah. Um, and how some of those those um, young men fell. Yeah. So for the Seahawks, I just want to go quickly down who we selected at what in what round and a what pick. So mm. round one, pick nine, Charles Cross, left tackle. Whoop, whoop. Round two, pick 40, Boy Mafe. They're labeling him as a linebacker. Yeah. But he was edge listed. So okay. he could be... Somewhere somebody that they try to potentially shift to a linebacker role. Okay. Round two, pick 41, Ken Walker the third. He does prefer to go by Ken. Um, and he is a running back. Okay. And he is amazing. Yeah, yeah. A plus. Yeah. A plus. <laughs> a plus 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 plus. I don't want to hear from anybody when he pops off and goes off at running back. Yeah. Even if it's not first thing this year because of where he might be um you know on the depth chart sure but within one year guaranteed okay he will go off for the all right for the seahawks and yeah. for those of you who are giving d's and f's i want nothing but radio silence from you <laughs> radio silence okay so pick three or excuse me round three pick 71 Abraham Lucas. Yeah. And he's an offensive tackle. He did share yesterday that he prefers to go by Abe okay. and that if somebody's angry with him, that they can call him Abraham. <laughs> so I want this CFAM to be a thing. Anytime he has a holding penalty called on him, everybody in at home and yeah. Lumen Field needs to go, Abraham Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> Just like. Just like a mama. Yeah. And then let him realize I need to get my shit together. Okay. <laughs> this is already an explicit episode. I'm Might just going to throw well. in just some words. With it. Yeah. <laughs> so round four, pick 109. Yeah. The Seahawks selected Kobe Bryant with a C. C-O-B-Y. And he is a cornerback and he will, in my opinion, he's going to be fighting for a starting roster spot. Okay. Okay. He is taking number eight in honor of the late 
legendary the goat kobe bryant yes yes and i am really excited to see him play he was also so he actually played on the opposite side of sauce gardner oh, who yeah, went in yeah. the first round yeah. i think he was within the first top three or four picks mm-hmm. he got tried a lot on the opposite side from sauce gardner because yeah. of how great gardner was but it really allowed for Kobe Bryant to shine his skill set. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, people look at his height, but just as, you know, I think about um, DJ Reed and mm-hmm. what he was capable of doing. Oh, yeah. Size in this situation, as long as you can stick with your guy and you can find the ball, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I think that he'll be great for the Seahawks. That's awesome. At cornerback. Round five, pick 153. Yeah. Tariq Woolen, cornerback. So here's a really cool thing. I actually saw before round four started, I saw a lot of people saying, we want Woolen, we want Woolen. He's still on the draft board. And we selected Kobe Bryant. And I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, either Woolen will get selected, Mm -hmm. you know, between when we picked Kobe Bryant and then Woolen was still there at 153. We went back to back with a cornerback. Yeah. And this this guy's size, his athleticism, his skill set reminds a lot of people of Richard Sherman. Oh, he was yeah, converted yeah. from wide receiver mm-hmm. to cornerback. And oh wow, yeah. He he still so you know, there's always room for development for players, but his pure athleticism and his yeah. size and his skill set. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see him play too. Yeah. Um the Seahawks answered their cornerback situation, in my opinion, yeah. with creating competition. They mm-hmm. still have Trey Brown, who's coming back from a knee injury last season, and he looked really good when he first started coming out. Yep. They have Sydney, um, Sydney Jones. Mm-hmm. He's still there in the in the depth. And of course, you know, Ugo Amadi might still be in the mix there. So it will be interesting to see how this quarter cornerback battle goes. Yeah. It's good players though. Round five, pick 158. Yep. Tyreek Smith. Yes. And he's an edge. They could play him at linebacker. He played at Ohio State. So it's a very well-known school. The Ohio State. The Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Round five, pick 150. Oh, nope. I just, just went over that one. Round seven, pick 228. Mm-hmm. Now, this is an interesting one, everybody. So Bo Melton. Yeah. Wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Just today, I saw some NFL analysts and scouts saying they are shocked that he fell all the way to the seventh round and that he wasn't picked in the mid round and that Mm -hmm. there are so many other wide receivers taken over this kid looking at his videotape he reminds me very much of a tyler lockett oh his return game okay the way he finds his gaps his speed there's something about him that just Reminds me so much of Tyler Lockett. Yeah, that's great. So he'll be a fun one to watch. Round seven, pick 233, Derek Young, wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Very tall kid, kind of DK Metcalf size mm-hmm. comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I don't know as much about this kid, but it'll be interesting to see how he develops here yeah. in rookie camp. Yeah. OTAs and all that. So 
those are the our draft picks. We also did select or pick, I believe it's 14 undrafted free agents, 13 or 14. We're not going to go through all of those. Sure. Um, but I did want to take time in the She Talks Hawks segment to discuss some of your mailbag questions that you had that would be more well-addressed here sure. than in the actual mailbag section. So if... Kate, if you want to read me some of those questions and we'll dive right into it. You know, I love reading questions. So let's do it. From Erica B. Um, she says, who do you think will be the breakout star or stars of the draft class? And what are your thoughts on our QB situation? In terms of breakout star or stars, I when I see a breakout, like I think obviously we got Charles Cross ninth overall. I don't think that that's necessarily in my terms, like a breakout star where sure. you're not necessarily expecting it. Yes. I expect very much so that players like um, Charles Cross and, you know, potentially Abe Lucas and we're looking at um, Ken Walker. I, I, I feel like those are guys that aren't necessarily going to be breakout. Right. I, mm -hmm. I'm very confident in their talent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I believe it will be interesting between Bo Melton and Tariq Woolen. Yeah. That they're just their skill set where they are picked, right? The fifth round for Tariq, the seventh mm -hmm. round for Bo. Mm -hmm. Tariq's size and skill set, Bo Melton's ability to see the what's happening in front of him and to find the gaps and where to run and where to go. Yeah. I think we could look at Tariq Woolen here in Bo Melton. So keep your eyes peeled for those two players okay. to make to make an impact, right? That's a fifth and seventh round. To me, that could be a breakout star yes. potential. Yeah, that would fit the definition, I think. And in terms of what my thoughts are on the quarterback situation. Yeah, the QB. They are, It's to me, it's going to be a Geno Smith, a Drew Locke, a Jacob Eason, and a... Um, Oh gosh, now I'm already my brain is like completely forgetting the name of the young guy that was an undrafted free agent. Oh yeah. But they picked up an undrafted free agent who in my mind actually I'm really excited to see him develop. He's on the shorter end of height preference for quarterbacks, but his he can throw a long ball. He has incredible speed to scramble and to get out of the pocket when he needs to. I've seen him drop back and stay in the pocket. He's left-handed. Levi, oh, Levi Lewis. That's his name. Mm -hmm. It just came to me. Mm -hmm. Levi Lewis. And so I'm really intrigued to see what he does in camp. If he impresses, this is somebody that John Schneider has, has said that he's really excited to see yeah. and that they got him as an undrafted free agent. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean... I'm not sitting here and comparing this kid to a Russell Wilson type or a Kyler Murray type, but when you talk size-wise, mm -hmm. shorter ability to scramble, run, a deep ball, I would be interested okay. that this could this is going to be a competition. I do think that Geno Smith has the upside in terms of he knows this offense. He has played with the Seahawks the last three years behind Russell Wilson. Yeah, He stepped in when Russell was hurt. He already has a chemistry with some of the players on the team. Yeah. Drew Locke, if it's a whole different situation for him, what he could potentially do with different coaching staff. Yeah. And so don't count him out either. Yeah. Um, so more than anything, it's a hide and watch situation with this and to kind of see how these guys develop and kind of listen to what the coaching staff is starting to think. We're obviously going to see in the preseason. I think that they're going to make this competition last. 
all the way up to the first mm-hmm. regular season game. Yeah. I don't yeah. think we're going to, they're not going to name a starter. I don't think until game one of the season. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Erica B for those <clears throat> questions. Moving on to Nick with a K in the beginning and a K at the end. Um, Nick says with the Adams trade pieces officially in place, how do you feel about it now? All right. So from that Jamal Adams trade that they made with the jets, here's how those pieces felt. The Seahawks have Jamal Adams and Kobe Bryant now based off of what they had received for Mm -hmm. that, for their draft picks and what they got back. So they have Jamal Adams and Kobe Bryant who we just selected in the, in the fourth round, the jets, had Bradley McDougald, he was a he was a safety that we had traded back, you know, to them. He is no longer with that team at this point, and they now have Elijah Vera Tucker and Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. So, I personally love this trade from the beginning, and the reason being is that COVID had just started. It was 2020. You get Jamal Adams. There's a lot of question marks from the young guys coming in. We traded away two first round draft picks. Yeah, Jamal Adams is really young still. You know, he's, I believe he's like 25. He still has plenty of years ahead of him. They've locked him in now with the Seahawks long term. And in terms of the ability to be able to know what's coming out of the future draft classes, Mm -hmm. I think that the Seahawks played this well. Um, And of course, we're looking forward to seeing how Kobe Bryant works out. I don't necessarily want to say who won this trade yet until we see how some of these rookies really develop in terms of Kobe Bryant. Of course, Garrett Wilson coming just as a wide receiver that they selected this year. Yeah. So I, again, am a fan of this trade. And okay. it's there's still some things left to be determined based off of needing to see how those players develop. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Nick, for that question. Uh, we have Nate Dog asks, is Bo Melton more of a Baldwin or a Lockett or a hybrid of both? Well, I might have already given that away. You might have already because given that away. Because I do think that Bo Melton is more of a locket mm-hmm. here. Now, both, I mean, Baldwin, honestly, so Baldwin was really known for his route running. I haven't looked as much at Bo Melton's route running sure. in, in terms of film. Okay. But in terms of just his ability to get open and his run style, again, Tyler Lockett, it screams to me, Tyler Lockett. Hmm. So, I'm not saying it couldn't be a hybrid of both, but I would have to really intentionally look more at his route running ability. Um, it's been said that part of why Bo could have fallen so far mm. is that they didn't have the best quarterback situation Oh yeah, okay. f- the whole time that yeah. he was on the team that we had drafted him from. So it'll be interesting here because, of course, quarterback is a question mark with us. So yeah. how will he develop? Who's going to be behind center? It could all play a factor. That it that it could. That it could. Um, let's go over to Seahawk Mike 22 uh, with the question of, with the Seahawks drafting two tackles that both played for Mike Leach, is there fuel for the fire for Minshew trade now? Do you you think- know what? Like, as much as I would love for that to happen, and people have seen me tweet about this, I would love watching Gardner Minshew play quarterback for the Seahawks. I, I really just enjoy watching Gardner Minshew play in general. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, So I would, yeah, I personally think it'd be fun, but do I think it will happen? No. Pete Carroll's made it clear. Like they're not necessarily looking for any veteran, yeah. more veteran players. And honestly, I don't know that the Eagles would actually want to mm-hmm. trade him anyways. Yeah. I think that they're still trying to figure out is Jalen hurts the guy 
they have guard they have Minshew there behind Hertz mm-hmm. and that's a really solid backup quarterback yeah who could potentially be a starter in the league go ahead and at me about that if you have things to say I'm fine with that but <laughs> I don't think the Seahawks are gonna go and get another quarterback and I don't think it would be Minshew if they did yeah well that that makes sense though I mean based on what they've said so right um so thanks to uh, Seahawk Mike Twenty Two for that, and thanks to Nate Dog before that for the other question as well. Um, moving on to a underscore Stewart Fifty One, what do you think is a realistic season goal for the Hawks next year? So for this upcoming season, to be honest, mm-hmm. I believe a realistic season goal is that the Seahawks are a wild card in the playoffs. Okay. 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 So fill me in. If they selected well in this draft, as we all think that they did, yeah. It could take a year or two to to, to, to develop those younger guys. But this draft, to be honest, I think some players are going to be ready to go. I don't think it's going to take as long for some of these players to develop in the ways that some people anticipate them needing to, to at least get them to the wild card in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I think they could be scrappy. I think there could be a chip on their shoulder this season. I think they could figure this out and at least do that. I think that's realistic. Yeah. So... And here's why. If you have the pieces around a quarterback to succeed, the quarterback's going to be a lot better than people anticipate that quarterback being. So you have Noah Fant, you got DK Metcalf, you got Tyler Lockett. We'll see how Bo Melton, you know, pans out. Mm -hmm. You just replaced with a first round ninth overall draft pick, your left tackle. You got Lucas Abraham. Nope. Abraham Lucas. There you go. Two first names. And Abe. Yes. So that he's not in trouble. Exactly. We're not mad at you. You got Abe Lucas on the right side. You're putting the pieces in for a quarterback to at least have some time. Yeah. And to be successful to be able to hit his targets downfield with excellent route route runners and people that are going to be open. Makes sense. And on top of it, you bolstered your running back position with the second round pick Mm and Ken Walker, who's going to add to the depth depending on what happens with Chris Carson and if he's even able to go this season and a hot Rashad Penny who finished the season with yeah massive amount of yards so amazing uh, plenty of touchdowns we'll see how this goes yeah um so if the pieces are there and the defense that they've also been rebuilding is there they're going to be wild card playoff contenders that sounds great i would love i would love to see that happen um I know I've heard a lot of people being kind of like more down about it, about what the outcome is going to be. But I think, uh, I think it's, I think it's a good goal to reach for, you know, there's some really pessimistic people out there and maybe people would say that's being realistically like realistic minded. And I'm like, maybe I'm just an optimistic, like, I think you like to be encouraging too, because I mean, it's sort of like, it's sort of like what you put out there is what you kind of can get back sometimes in mm-hmm. some ways, right? Like, and if you just start off the season, but that's being like, exactly it. Well, we're going to lose. We're going like, to have a losing well, that's season. Not a good mentality like, to point? go in, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like just go in there thinking, Hey, Hey, let's give this a shot. Let's see what we can do. All that. So exactly. Yeah. Like when Positivity. you have players putting in so much time it's and effort and energy effort. to be the best versions of themselves on the field, they're not going to just go out there and not give it their all. Like, but if you have talent on that team mm-hmm. and you drafted well and the pieces are right, yep, the you're going to be just good. fine. Mm-hmm. But 
it also like our attitudes need to shift and change with it. And yeah, I'm challenging myself in new ways, especially this upcoming season about how yeah. I perceive things, how I talk about the players, yeah, their development. Totally. Um, just being conscientious of the fact that these are people, these are people, but also that where can they get better versus just complaining about what they're not good at. Right. Like mm. here's what they could work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a different angle and it's just a different perspective of approaching it. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I love it. It's a great point. Thank you, uh, Andrew Stewart 51 for that. Um, Mike McCarty says, Kate and Michaela, what were your favorite picks by the Seahawks this past draft weekend? And was there anything from the draft that surprised you by the Seahawks or anyone else? Can I answer first? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm hashtag learning sports. I don't really know a lot about any of these guys in any way other than the things that Michaela has told me which is basically what she just told everybody that's listening. Um, but if I had to pick somebody, I was going to go with Tariq Woolen and, and mostly because um, his like social media handles, like his Instagram handle has an enormous amount of cues in it, like just for fun. <laughs> and I felt like that is, I don't know. There was something about that that just made me like smile a little bit because it's like a personality like this is like yeah, who i am yeah. and i'm and also it. like let's be honest the letter q really doesn't get a lot of like action Love. these days you sure. know so well i mean so i just i thought that was kind of fun so i when i was going through and kind of um the showdown page was kind of following all the different new drafted players and stuff just like seeing that i thought was i don't know it just stood out to me so yeah so that's my that's my answer well, that's good news. You picked a good one because my personal favorite is also Tariq Woolen. <laughs> Probably for better sports reasons. Though. I'm intrigued by his size and okay. his athleticism, as I stated earlier, and how his skills could be developed in the NFL level. Mm-hmm. So it was a surprise to me when you ask about was there a surprise. It was a surprise to me that after they had picked Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. who honestly, it was like a real toss up for me between those two about who I like the most. Yeah, but then you got both. So that worked out. I was surprised that they went for another cornerback right after. Yeah. But Wolin was still there, and that was a shock to people. Mm-hmm. So why not? You had a question mark. You're creating more competition in that position. Yeah. You're creating potentially more depth. There's more time to develop the guys. But mm-hmm. Tariq Wolin was probably my favorite pick. I really wanted to say Ken Walker the third because mm-hmm. I really actually do love that pick. And just to be petty because there's so many people that are unhappy about it. Yeah. But I decided to not go there until I just went there and I had to say it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, those are all the questions that we had that fit into the She Talks Hawk segment. But we're going to have some more mailbag questions from all of you coming up next in our mailbag segment. Stay tuned. You've got mail. There we go. Welcome to the mailbag segment where we take questions from our listeners and followers and answer them here on the podcast. But you probably already figured that out. Anyway, um, we just answered some of the questions over in the She Talks Hawks segment that fit in more with the Seahawks. So now we're going to ask or I'm going to read out some of the questions you sent in that were less to do with the Seahawks. There we go. So um, our buddy Rick Judd asks, if you could send one Canadian celebrity back to Canada for good, who would it be? Additionally, who was one Canadian celebrity you would adopt as one of your own? I just want to like, this is the thing. If they're going back for good, it just means that they're not here. They just live in Canada. Or is it like they're going back for good and then I don't have to hear from them again? 
Is it like I don't like them, so I'm sending them away? Or that you're like, or I'm like, get out of the U.S. Like you get to go back to Canada. Like I don't know. It's a good question. I really don't know. Take it whichever way you want. I really don't know who I would send back because I don't know that I. I'm gonna go with Dave Coulier. He can. (laughs) I don't even know who that is. Oh my gosh, you know who Dave Coulier is? Oh my gosh, Dave Coulier, Full House. Oh wait, is that Uncle Joey? Mm-hmm. Oh, Uncle Joey. Yeah, it's Uncle Joey. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with Dave Coulier, but you know he can like cut it out. Oh, you couldn't <laughs> see the hand motions, but I did it. Um, I was gonna say Justin Bieber, but okay. I mean, fair. I don't really fair. have a good reason. Like, I don't have, I don't a, good have a good reason, reason to be like Dave Coulier either. I like. I mean, he's. I'm sure he's a nice enough person. But maybe if, he lives in Canada already. I if don't know. There was a Canadian celebrity I could adopt. Ryan Reynolds. I was gonna go with. David from Schitt's Creek. <laughs> that makes sense. And actually, I think that in real life, he is actually Canadian. He is. Yeah, I know. I mean, the Canadian in the show, but also like Canadian uh, yeah. in real life. Yeah. Why can't I think of his real name? Um, like, Dan, Dan Levy. David. It's Dan, Dan, Dan Levy. Levy. Yeah. yeah, I would adopt him in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I would just, he can live with us if he desires. That's fine. That would work. That would work. I would be entertained all the time. It's true. Not that you don't entertain me. That's not like what wait I'm a saying. second. Just kidding. No, that that actually is a really good one. I I like the idea of adopting Ryan Reynolds, but also he now is like married with children. So <laughs> that's a I show. Feel like all of us uh, that is a show. I feel like that would turn into like a whole multi generational household thing, and I don't know if we don't have the space oh, for we, that. So Ryan Reynolds, okay, if so we adopt you, you have to buy the house. If or you just have to come. Oh, I don't want to make you leave your family. That just seems mean. So. I don't know. Maybe it's just a, you know, adoption this is just like this is all. Us. Yeah, it's all just hypothetical at this point. Anyway, yay for Canadians. There's lots of great Canadians out there. So good choices. So thanks, Rick Judd, for that. Uh, once again, challenging question to answer, but right. it was good. It was good. And Steve Olson reaching out saying, "What would you tell yourself at the age of 14, knowing what you know now?" Oh, Steve Olson. <laughs> I would, I would say tell myself so many things. There is a lot that I would tell so myself. Many things. But what I would probably say mm-hmm. is to be kind, to, like kinder to myself. Yeah. Especially through like relationships and navigating all of that. And that it's okay to put yourself first. You can still care about people, but mm-hmm. that you to be the best version of yourself for other people. You have to take care of yourself. Yeah. And at 14, that's not quite something you ever understand. And heartbreak feels like dev- devastating. Oh, it's so bad. And you don't truly know. Like, there's just things that I wish when you're young that you realize that the adults that are telling you mm-hmm. the advice, that they've mm-hmm. literally been there and experienced it. And that everything that they say, I mean, not everything, but like most of what they say holds a lot of truth. Yeah. And that you could take the things that you experience and endure with a mm-hmm. grain of salt. But I also understand that it really builds who you are as a person. All those, it molds your yeah. character. Mm-hmm. It gives you the perspective and the wisdom that you need as mm-hmm. an adult. So like it's a catch 22, right? Yeah. I I agree with you. And I think for me, I would have gone back to tell myself that like the whole fixer mentality that I had of like how I can like help make make it better for everyone and I can do all these things to make every like it was very much like people pleasing for a long time and trying to just you know 
not take care of myself because of trying to help other people and all of that. And, and that's not great. You know, Mm -hmm. it's good to be there for people and everything, but at the same time, people have to, um, they have to want to do things differently too, you know? Right. And, um, the whole part with relationships, you know, that's, that's really important. I think the advice of, you know, take people at their word and if their word isn't what they mean, like if they're not saying what they actually mean, then that's on them, you know? So take things at face value. Yep, exactly. And that people need to be taught to say what they feel and that if somebody takes what they say at face value and they're not reading between the lines, yeah. unfortunately in the, our world of communication, yeah, that that falls on that person, right? If you're not yeah. being 100% honest and you just want somebody to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you don't have to like say what you feel like in a rude way or something like that, right? You can say it like in a way that's still polite if it's, you know, maybe a harder thing to say. But at the same time, you know, you don't need to... Um, It's like all the games and all the like, just Mm -hmm. the different ways of people communicating that's not clear, you know, Um, it leads to lots of confusion and lots of um, just problems that don't even need to happen because right, it gets so much bigger than you ever anticipated. If people could just say, you know, so I think for myself at that age, I was learning a lot of things, but I think I would also, I just, I would really focus on don't try to think that it's your job to help change other people. Mm -hmm. Like your job is to just like, you know, do the best you can do and to try to find happiness, you know, and that isn't in fixing other people who don't want to be fixed. (laughs) It's literally impossible. If somebody's not in a place where they're ready to make change and on their own, even if like, if they ask you for help, that's one thing. Yeah. But if you're trying to push the help and they're not in a place where they're ready to receive it, Mm -hmm. nothing's going to change. Nope. So that's a lot of energy to spend on somebody else that yeah. you're not being, it's not being poured back into you. Yeah. So yeah. Good so, question. Thanks. Some good Steve reflection. Wilson. We need some of that. Sometimes it's been a minute since we've had a moment where we've talked a little bit more in depth about yeah. just real life things like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I try to tell my kids at school, like I have these moments here and there where I'm just like, okay, this is another example of me giving you advice that I know you're probably all going to be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But like, I really wish someone had said this to me when I was in, you know, fourth grade or whatever. And so, um, some of them like listen and some of them or just do the classic, like, yeah, yeah. And it's fine. But I'm like, at least, at least I tried, you know, at least I I'm always trying. tell my high school students, I'm like, I'm telling you this now. So you can't say nobody told me. Exactly. Like, exactly. I'm not here to say I told you. So I'm just here to say, I'm glad I could tell you this so you can then make your best educated decision about how you want to move forward. Mm-hmm. But I don't want you to be in a place where you wish somebody would have told you nobody did exactly yeah yeah so all right well that's a good note to say yeah that wraps up our mailbag it wraps up our mailbag let's get to our closing podcast remarks because you know something that i always love to say at the end of each episode is to remember to take care of your heart and mind above all else and that is an important reminder that we need to give each of you because it's so easy for us not to put ourselves first so we can better take care of the people around us yep it is okay to put yourself first yeah and we appreciate each and every single one of you who have been tuning in to listen to the pacific northwest showdown podcast who we have met in person it's been so fun to meet you in person who have been so kind and generous yes and with your words with your actions yes thank you 
we are beyond grateful. It's it's kind of amazing. I think we still sort of have moments where we're like, can you believe this is like what's happening right now? <laughs> like, right. because we do have so much, it feels like we do have so much support from so many of you and um, and all that. We're like just your- everyday people like you guys with full-time jobs, but we happen to like do stuff for a podcast. And that's true, right? That's the piece where it's just like, we are all human beings on this planet. Mm-hmm. And we all have things that we're navigating in real life. Yeah, absolutely. And we're just grateful to have been connected with so many of you. Yeah. So CFAM, we love you. Be sure, be sure to stay connected to us over on the social media platforms. We're at PNW Showdown on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And so be sure to check out those platforms and stay tuned to things. And uh, if you stay all the way to the very end of the very last second of this podcast, oh. we might be announcing a very special guest for episode 30. You and might you might want to stick, stick around. around. All right. Remember to always take care of your heart and mind above all else. Until next time. Hey, Michaela. What? Um, Michaela, guess what? What? We have a special guest on for episode 30. Mm-hmm. Do you want a hint? Who is it? Um, I know who it is, but she, she does. We're just having fun. Um, okay, so I'm going to give you a clue, okay? Okay. Okay. What do people type in texts when they are trying to say, just kidding? JK? Yeah. Okay, so there, then if you like put that backwards, what is it? KJ, are you um are you correct or are you wrong? I'm right. Oh wait, so who are you? Well, not who are you, but who do we get to talk to? Is it KJ right? Oh my gosh, is it? It is. Do you think it could be? I think it might be oh KJ Wright. KJ Wright for episode thirty has joined us for episode thirty, which will drop early this week. It's going to be a quick turnaround because we want to make sure special episode that you get the interview that we had with KJ Wright. Oh my gosh! So be so sure to look out for episode thirty. It will drop potentially in the next couple days. In the next couple days. Thank Bye. you for listening. Bye, C fam. Bye, C fam.